0: Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. The home of Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports stadium. Takeoff 2022 with Wolf and Luke.
1: Right, welcome into the show on this Wednesday morning, live from the Oc Community Studios. It is Wolf and Luke. Wolf, what's going on over there?
2: Man, it is Wednesday, is it not, it's, man? It's it just feels good, Luke. It's going to be a busy Wednesday. It's, it's going to be a busy, yeah. We've got a jam packed show, which is always exciting, of course, and the Give continues all this week. It does. We will certainly get into
1: that here shortly as well, but you're right. A jam packed show, which makes for a better show, but a a more a hectic process of like trying to put the show together beforehand, but I can tell you we are going to talk to Victor Demukeji. Ah, how about
2: that, man? Demukeji, one of the big stories of what happened in preseason game number one. Uh, we're going to talk to
1: Mike Hazen of the D backs in a little bit as well. Look forward to talking to Michael. I always like talking to Mike, and uh, we're going to talk to Kellen Olsen a little bit later on too about the Phoenix Suns. So we have cool. a, a, a very busy show coming up, but we're going to start with the Second depth chart of the preseason being released, Wolf, and we probably should have all just taken Cliff Kingsbury at his word because it's pretty similar to that first one like he said it was going to be.
2: Well, you know, it's interesting because I look at Richard Lawrence, of course, and I look at Lucky Foe too, and these two guys, I hope they're going to get a lot more action uh, going forward. Those two guys, Zaven Collins, still is listed as the starting inside linebacker, which we all know that means he's going to get more reps, so I'm excited about that. Um, Antonio Hamilton, Marco Wilson, these are guys that still need work going forward on the defensive side of of the ball. So, yeah, you know what? Uh, not a lot of surprises. Will Hernandez, maybe the fact that he's still going to be out there starting. I don't know how many reps. Don't know if he's going to get as many reps as he did in the first game, first preseason game. But Will Hernandez still being run out there. I thought that was interesting. Colt McCoy as well.
1: Yeah, and you know, Trey McBride, I, I can't help but look at the tight end position. McBride is listed fourth, but I think if he's able to go, they want to see him. I think that's more of a just there's some uncertainty around if he's going to be good to go for the game. So they don't want to list him first or second or whatever. But if he's good to go, they're gonna they're gonna look at
0: Trey
2: McBride. Yeah, you know, I honestly it's it's really kind of weird because I wonder how they look at Trey McBride right now. Do they look at him like he's this young guy and he's gotta go out there and he's got to prove himself and we've got to see him on tape do it And or do they already know, do they already think they know what they have in Trey M- McBride, that to me is very fascinating okay, because I'm just telling he's still a rookie but they have had individual drills I saw him, I saw him myself I saw what he did in those individual drills, and I saw who, who he was doing it against, not just one-on-one drills. I'm talking about coming off the ball. This guy, this kid is not afraid, man. He is not afraid. He's got a lot of Max Williams in him, and he's got a little bit of Zach Ertz in him. Is Very this, interesting.
1: Is This This is when you were following Max Williams around the, the field at State Farm Stadium. <laughs> of course, with training. the tight
2: end room. Yes, I was following around the tight ends because it's the closest thing you're going to get to a fullback. <laughs> Look, the tight end room is
1: loaded. We talked to Max Williams yesterday, and he talked about, uh, he was like, hey, keep an eye on Psycho, too. Psycho's playing well. I mean, Psycho. how many tight ends can you have on this team uh, playing? Steven Anderson is actually at the <laughs> top of the depth chart for Sunday's game against the Ravens. But again, I think Mc bride, I hear what you're saying and you might 100% be right. They might just be like even if he's good to go, we don't need to see him. I'm just going off what Cliff said before the Cincinnati sure. game. He's the one guy on this depth chart that I think there might be some wiggle room with.
2: Listen, I, I do believe they definitely want to put him in the silks. They want to get him in the silks and they want to run him out in a game. There's no denying that. Of course, Why would you not want to do that anytime you've got a rookie? Of course. But I'm telling you, based on how they've handled this kid throughout this training camp, yeah. I think they think They have something special in this kid.
1: I I think there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, He was their first pick in the draft, as it turns out, because they obviously traded the first-round pick they had for Hollywood Brown, who it is... uh, I'm I'm at least seeing rumblings of this that Hollywood might be uh, talking at practice today, so we'll see if that ultimately happens. Uh, Here's Cliff from yesterday talking about some of the position battles he
2: has seen. We have, yeah. I think any time you are getting closer to that final cut guys have a sense of urgency and and they've been practicing that way it's been been spirited and competitive practices and um there's some some rooms that it's going to be some tough decisions that have to be made
1: (laughs) that was that was vintage cliff right there cliff you got some position battles you can tell us about
2: yep We have them, and they're going to be spirited. It's going to be tough. It's going to be spirited. You never know what's going to happen. Everyone's going to get the opportunity. This is median at its finest. These are the things you say in front of a microphone, in front of a camera. Cliff does it better as well as anybody, honestly. He's only getting better from when he first came into the league.
1: I'm waiting for the time where he sits down and he's like, I am saying words (laughs) into a microphone. Does that answer your question? Uh, One of the the position battles that has drawn the most... Most attention so far is, of course, the running back competition. Here's Jonathan
2: Ward. Yeah, of course, it always keeps you on your A game. You know, um, just one mistake or one better play can either put you ahead or behind the competition, you know, so it's just going out every day, giving it the best that you have. You know, it's not like it any days you can just go out there and just glide through the motions. You know, every day it's the test. Yeah, every day it is a test right now, and once again, one of the peculiarities is the fact that Will Hernandez is, in fact, still going to be run out there. This guy is the starting right guard and will be the starting right guard, I believe, for the Arizona Cardinals when they play the Kansas City Chiefs. Will Hernandez being run out there. Why do you think that might be, Luke? Why do you think they're doing it again? Even though Will Hernandez, in my opinion, had a very, very good game at Right guard when he had the reps, now again, it's not like he's playing against the best of the best, but at the same time, it sure beats the alternative, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's he's still the new guy, right? Now, I know the pushback is, well, Hollywood Brown's a new guy, why isn't he out there? There's there's, there's a few new guys on this team that are getting the reps that Will Hernandez is getting. I think it's just a matter of that's that's a pretty big transition going from the New York Giants to the Arizona Cardinals. Now, what's interesting, I will say this, Wolf, it's not like he's getting reps if he's going to be a starter, alongside the other starters. And how many yes. times do you talk to an offensive lineman and they're like, yeah, it's really just kind of one big unit. you got to, you know, you your individual reps are, are big, but it's not like he's lining up alongside Justin Pugh and Rodney Hudson and DJ Humphreys where he's getting those reps, right. you know what I
2: mean? You have to remember, Will Hernandez, Basin Onions, this is a guy that has had four offensive line coaches in four years. <laughs> that can't be <laughs> no, you, good for your development. think about just, that. It really can It isn't Luke... It's bad. It's really, really bad. He's had four offensive line coaches in four years. Uh, I think, honestly, right now, I think this is brilliant because Sean Coogler... I think in Cliff Kingsbury, they're looking at like, um, you know what? I still need reps with him. I need teaching tape with him. I got it. We've got to get Will on tape so I can continue as Sean Kugler, the offensive line coach and run game coordinator. I, I need to continue to coach him. I need to continue to get him back to where I want him when I coached him when he was in college. I, I, I honestly believe this is really, really good for Will Hernandez to get. Get in the silks, get on tape, and then have Coogs coach him all. Well,
1: yeah, and, and he doesn't mind it. You know, we talked to him before even the first preseason game. He's like, "Yeah, give me the reps. I want the reps." And and given He's his his history with Coogler, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and trust Coogler on knowing how to develop and evolve Will Hernandez because he already did it once in college and. It's certainly fair to wonder if Will Hernandez's career maybe would have already taken off even more had he just been with Kugler throughout yes. his NFL career too. I think they're they're kind of both banking on that. So yeah, it's a little I guess I don't want to say strange, but that that is one of the guys that stands out because you look at Zaven Collins and it's it's not hard to look at Savin Collins and wonder why he's in there again cuz he didn't have an amazing game on oh. Friday. And I don't think he's like playing for his starting spot, but he's playing He's getting these reps so that they can win that first game against the Chiefs. If he looks lost out there,
2: they are screwed. Yeah, and, you know, honestly, we all understand why Zayvon Collins needs these reps. He's got to get these reps. He wants the reps. He needs the reps. Um, Will Hernandez, I really don't know if he needs the reps, but I find it fascinating that he's getting the reps and he embraces getting those reps. That's what I love. That's what I mean when I say he's not afraid of it. He's embracing it, as a matter of fact. Give me more rep, reps. Give me more work. Man, we need more guys that want more work. Even in the preseason.
1: All right. We come back. Kids can't wait, but you can make a difference. Our Give-A-Thon week for Phoenix Children's continues next with Amanda's story. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
3: The Give-A-Thon for Phoenix Children's is presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers in the Auction Indian community. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station in the Arizona Sports app. Give-A-Thon on the Wolf and Luke Show.
1: It is the give for Phoenix Children's, presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers and the Auction Indian community. Desert Financial phone bank is open, 602-933-4567. Again, that number, 602-933-4567. You can become a champion of hope for $20 or more a month, and a teddy bear will be delivered to a patient in your name. You'll receive your choice of a kid's pass at Wildlife World Zoo or Cobblestone Car
2: Wash. Boy, we are rolling right now, right, Basin Onions, all of us. We just thank you so much for everybody that has already picked up the phone and called 602-933-4567 to become a champion of hope. Maybe you gave more. I have no idea. There are people out there listening right now that could give more than $20 a month, and you know exactly who you are, but we're only asking for $20 a month as a champion of hope or a $240 payment, a one-time payment, or $20 a month at 602-933-4567 to become a champion of hope. Become a champion to a child that is fighting cancer. Become a champion to a family that is supporting that child. Become a champion at 602-933-4567. Yeah,
1: we're talking about one of the top children's uh, hospitals in the world. We have it right here in our backyard. I'm sure you've driven by it on the 51 just north of downtown Phoenix. Uh, But they need your support. Certainly Arizona's population is growing, so obviously the need for pediatric care is growing. Wolf, you've mentioned this a few times this week. They don't turn anybody away. and Not everybody has Uh, health insurance but if if you're a three-year-old kid what do you know about health insurance right you just know you can't wait for the care you need and pch is just so good at making sure uh, they are able to get that no matter what your financial background or anything uh well you know i'll tell you what we got a check presentation right now so let's uh let's hear from cobblestone auto spa Hello everyone. On behalf of our company and team, Cobblestone Auto Spa, we are super excited and happy to participate and present with Phoenix Children's Hospital, our continuing long-standing eight-year relationship of taking care of kids and family and community. And we are excited to present our donation today
3: which is this $10,000 check to the give Our team members love giving back to Phoenix Children's
2: and the community, and our customers love getting involved and in helping out as well.
1: We truly get excited about supporting our community, and our whole company and team are behind this
0: strong and powerful effort.
2: Help Phoenix Children's reach their $2 million goal by donating today and calling 602-933-4567.
1: On behalf of Cobblestone Auto Spa and our entire company and team, thank you, Phoenix Children's, for providing the best health care for kids and their families in the whole Phoenix community.
2: Man, I love that, that, honestly. That is great. $10,000 for Cobblestone
1: Auto Spa. Nice.
2: Listen, you know, I know you're listening out there as well. And if you are, my brothers and sisters, go to Cobblestone Auto Spa, (laughs) right? They support us, they're supporting our community by supporting Phoenix Children's $10,000 check right there. Cobblestone Auto Spa. Thank you so much for your donation.
1: All right, Wolf, it's time for another story of hope presented by Madami Holmes, Armand. Armando's little daughter does not remember anything about the day she was run over by a car, but it's a day Armando will never forget. This is Amanda's story.
4: I'm Armando.
3: My name is Amanda, and this is my story. Well, I won't back down. No, I won't back down. I was hit by a car.
4: She had a fractured pelvis in four places, laceration on her liver, very serious brain injury. She had a tracheostomy.
3: I don't even remember that day. I just saw black.
4: Even though everybody was telling us she was not going to make it, she's here, breathing by her own, walking, talking.
3: I had to get better. I had to try.
4: Mandy, she's a warrior. I honestly believe in miracles. That day when my daughter was hit by the car, a retired nurse was driving by. She stopped. She started performing CPR while the paramedics got there. I almost, I think I was going to break his back because I hugged him as hard as I could and I thank him. God works in mysterious ways.
3: I struggled for my physical therapy.
4: Seeing her in pain, crying... The therapist would ask her, you want to stop? And every single time she will answer, no. At that time, I will break my heart seeing her in pain. But also, she was giving me a lesson of being a fighter. The doctors are amazed with her progress. She's doing very good, getting stronger day by day.
3: I want to be either an author, director, vet, like a musician.
4: My dream for Mandy is recover 100% and to be independent. She needs to work hard. We'll be by her side. Thank you to Phoenix Children's Hospital, the doctors, nurses, therapists.
3: I was so grateful for them.
4: They treat us like a family,
3: Imagine if your kid was in that position. It's very important to help PCH.
4: You can make a difference. I saw it with my daughter. Donate, please.
2: Well, you want to talk about resiliency? <laughs> Boy, you talk about jumping right back into it. Uh, this is what is going on at Phoenix Children's. This is what happens. I mean, imagine, Basin Orleans. Right now, your your life changes. One day, it's it's this way. The next day, after you're hit by a car, Amanda, it's completely different. <laughs> Serious brain injury. Um, they said she wasn't going to make it. Amanda was not going to make it, and yet she did. 602-933-4567. She did because of the care she received from Phoenix Children. 602-933-4567. It's time to rally around Amanda rally around her family with a pocket full of cash at six zero two nine three three four five six seven.
1: Yeah, what does she say she wants to be an author, director, a vet or musician? I, I'm, I'm not going to bet against Amanda. I feel like whatever she wants to do, she's going to be able to do, considering what she's already done.
2: They said she was not going to make it and just watching the rehab as well, can you imagine how difficult that was for Amanda's father? Right, dads? This is what we do. We protect. It's what we do. I'm sorry. We've got a protection gene. Everyone has a protection gene. Yet fathers, I think it's more pronounced. And I think there's a lot of dudes listening right now that are shaking their heads up and down that are fathers. You know what it's like. And yet here your your daughter is fighting this brain injury and she's really trying to rehab and it's painful for her and she doesn't want to stop. And Amanda said she had to try Man, can you try for Amanda Brothers? Can you pick up the phone? 602-933-4567. You become a champion of hope for 20 bucks a month and support Amanda and a lot of other children. Support her. At 602 933 4567
1: Yeah, and that music playing means we are in a match. Toll Brothers Incorporated, Sterling Grove, they are gonna match your donations right now. So yeah, if you can donate 240, if you can donate 20 a month, if you can donate more, whatever you donate right now, Toll Brothers is gonna match it. So think of every dollar you're donating is two dollars. <laughs> so it's a pretty pretty good time to do the donation.
2: Amanda said I had to try. Her dad would ask her, do you wanna stop? No, every time she said no. That is awesome. Um, can you try? She had to try. Can you try? 602-933-4567. Yeah, very, very...
1: It's, it, Amanda's story is amazing. You heard her, her dad, Armando, say he believes in miracles. There are stories like this, more than you would expect because of Phoenix Children's, where it's like, okay, this, this poor kid doesn't have a chance and this poor kid ends up pulling through and their stay at PCH is, as good as it can be, right, Wolf? I mean, it's a hospital, but they do everything they can to make the stay as welcoming as possible, not only for the child but for the family. I mean, think of the siblings. You know, it just this—it it impacts so many people. Certainly, when a child gets hurt, but a story like Amanda's is just—it's well, an inspiring one to start the show with today.
2: You heard Amanda's father right there say, "Their family—that's what they are at Phoenix Children's. Their family." <laughs>
1: That sound means it's time for the Train Teddy Bear Express. So as Wolf was saying, you can become a Champion of Hope for $20 a month. And if you do that, the teddy bear will be delivered to a patient in your name. You'll receive your choice of a Kids Pass, a Wildlife World Zoo, or a Cobblestone Car Wash. And uh, having delivered some of those teddy bears, Wolf, I know you've been doing this for longer than I have. It is it is a game changer every single time you do it. No matter who you are delivering the uh, the teddy bears to. And, and obviously the teddy bears are great, but uh, the don't. The nation is what's really keeping everything going all right uh, when we come back as the preseason continues where do things stand with the cardinals division rivals we'll go around the nfc west next it's the wolf and luke show on 98.7 fm arizona sports station
0: wolf and luke middays 98.7 fm arizona sports station yeah, I want to be careful how I say
1: this, Wolf, as we go around the NFC West, because the Rams won the Super Bowl last season. So I gotta give Matthew Stafford some uh, some credit. Are you distracted
2: by the music? <laughs> <laughs> you look distracted by the music. so cool, right there. Honestly, the the is- who is this Maloney? Coheed and Cambria. Oh, sounds a little bit like Rush. Don't they? A little bit, daddy Lee. A little little bit of voice. I can see that.
1: Musically, I don't know. Interesting. Um, With the Rams, you have a team that won the Super Bowl last year. And, like I said, I don't want to not give Matthew Stafford any of the credit, but. The Cardinals could you be in a position. Give, you got to give him the credit. You have yes. to give him the credit. Yes, too. But can you see a world this season where the Cardinals' advantage over the other teams in this division is quarterback play? <sighs> it should be a given over Seattle. It should be over San Francisco, too, unless Trey Lance is just a prodigy.
2: On fire. Um, <laughs> Trey Lance suddenly. And by the way, that offense with Kyle Shanahan, a guy that I consider to be an offensive guru, a guy that is blended. You want to talk about blending the old and the new together? That is Kyle Shanahan. Um, you've got raw material, don't you, in Trey Lance? you got this huge pile of raw material in front of you. But you know what? That. That does not mean that Trey Lance is going to get it. And and with the Rams, look, the Rams
1: have a lot of advantages over a lot of teams. And so if you put the Rams roster up against the Cardinals roster, the Rams have a lot of advantages over the Cardinals. But there is a world where the Cardinals' advantage over every team in this division is quarterback play. When Kyler Murray takes another step, I don't think Matthew Stafford's taking another step this year. He he is what he is, which is plenty good, and he just won a Super Bowl. Uh, But if anything... The the concern that the Rams have right now has been with his arm. Now, Sean McVay talked yesterday about what he has seen from Stafford now in practice.
0: I thought he had great energy, great command all day. Uh, I thought he threw the ball incredibly accurately, and, and all parts of the field really activated all parts of our pass game. And then you know there was a couple where he's hitting the spots we want, and then we just got to be able to finish some of those plays. But I'm encouraged because we can coach off of those, and we're getting those opportunities to feel what it's like for him to be able to throw with Allen, um, you know, Ben Skoranek made a handful of plays, also 2-2. And so, you know, he's got a comfort level with Higby and with Cooper. But some of these newer guys today was a great step in the right direction to be able to start establishing that rapport that will be critical for this year. <laughs>
2: it was actually slowed it's down just, McVay, wasn't it? <laughs> it's just great. Sean McVay actually was a little slow there. For him. He, still speaking faster than anybody else in the world, but slow for Sean McVay. Oh, man, I love that right there. And you know what I love about Sean McVay? Um, he doesn't speak a ton of median. He really doesn't. He will give you stuff that sounds really good, and yet he doesn't jump into a lot of cliches, right, or Coaching, uh, saying some things they've said for, um, you know, a hundred years well, when it comes he, to he the might, game.
1: He just might not be able to understand it because he's talking so You know,
2: I mean, honestly, he, he gives you some information right there, but he does it very, very benignly, very, very well. Um, love Sean McVay, great coach, as we all know. He is, if ever there was going to be a guy that I think is going to be a Belichick-like coach, it would be Sean McVay.
1: Yeah, McVeigh is uh, unfortunately still in the division with the Cardinals, got that extension and everything, and the Rams are are clearly still the team to beat. But if you're looking for a path, if you're feeling optimistic this morning and you're saying, "Okay, how could the Cardinals win this division? It's going to come down to their offense and it's going to come down to Kyler Murray. So whether you feel like they have an advantage over the Rams at the quarterback position or not, I get it from both sides. They better have one over Seattle though, because Seattle doesn't even really seem to know what they're doing at
4: quarterback. Pete Carroll says they had a plan. We had planned uh, well, well, back in the before the offseason even started to get to this game and uh, second game, and, and Gino would be the starter in Lumen in the opening uh, game, and then uh, we would go through in the second game. So that's what we're trying to follow that if we can. <laughs>
2: Well, that clears it up. Thanks, Pete. I feel better. We're going to try to follow that if we if we can right there. Uh, Gino was going to start the first game, and then Drew was going to start the second game. Uh, it seems like an orderly way to proceed. It seems like the prudent thing to do. What are you doing? Honestly, if in fact you're... <laughs> Just tell us what you're fact, doing. If in fact, hey, they had a plan. Uh, yeah, this is what they were going to do all along. Um, Gino Smith was going to be the guy. He was going to get the first game, and then you were going to have in the second game drew Locke get the opportunity to go out there and then can we read into the third game can we read in whoever got the start in the third game so the second game is tomorrow against the
1: Bears. Drew Locke, though, is not going to start because he tested positive for COVID. Okay, so now so that messes it up
2: right Pete's there. Pete's plan is just ruined. So, okay, he's got COVID right now. COVID is still it's just wreaking havoc. Is it not? I mean, it's not as serious, obviously. There's not a lot of people that are staying home anymore. Not everybody's wearing masks. Everybody's vaxxed up, um, but they're not masked up for the most part. Um, it's still, though, how many people... Are coming down with COVID. COVID! It's yeah. well, we
1: saw, I mean, we saw Kyler miss a week in there. Yeah. Right? I mean, the start of, the, of training camp, it was part of Kyler's very disjointed start to training camp. Yeah. Now he's back. But I mean, for Seattle, if you're Drew Locke, the timing's not great because if you're Drew Locke, you have to look at this and think, I can win this quarterback competition. I'm sure Geno Smith's looking the same way and being like, you know what? If you're Geno Smith, you probably don't feel like you've had a a fair shake throughout your NFL career. The one time you kind of got going, a teammate busted your jaw. Remember that? Back with the Jets? (laughs) Like, just the weirdness to the start of his career. Okay,
2: I'm laughing because that will happen from time to time in a locker room. Never forget that, brothers. Well, it
1: happened to him, but he must be looking at this competition thinking, okay, I can beat out Drew Locke. Then the rest of us are looking at Seattle being like, are you going to add a quarterback or are you just playing for Bryce Young next year? More from Pete Carroll.
4: Geno's still the number one guy. He's holding on the spot at this point and uh um, so I, I really like what Drew has shown us. you know. And, and so you know, you look at his rate, passing, rate, passing rating and, and some of the stuff that he did. He did a great job. So both our guys can play. That's what we do know. They both can play. Don't
1: you just kind of want to ask Pete, like, okay, Gino's still your guy. Yeah. Why is Gino still your guy? And I don't think Drew Locke's amazing. And maybe Gino no. is the better quarterback. But every report we've heard out of camp is that Drew Locke has looked better. And it's not like either one of them was the starter for Seattle for the last four years. You know, and they have a history,
2: right? Um, well, first of all, honestly, I'm looking at I'm looking at Geno Smith, and I'm shocked and stunned that he's been in the league only eight years. When yeah. I say Geno Smith, I'm thinking, man, this guy's been around for 14 years. He's been around for 13. Geno Geno Smith has eight seasons played. He's 31 years old. Yeah I'm, oh my goodness. All right, I gotta get on top of that right there. Yeah, wrap right your a head around shock that. One. Right now to me that he's only thirty-one years old out of West by God, Virginia. I thought that's why, okay. But for some um, reason we were going. To- Geno Smith,
0: cornerback, West Virginia. Overhyped? Underrated. Those are two words we've
1: heard throughout the draft process to describe the six three, 218-pound Geno Smith. There's no debating Smith's big playability. He threw for more than 4,000 yards in back-to-back seasons in Morgantown, including 4,200 with 42 touchdowns and just six
0: interceptions last year. Smith has proven to be mentally tough. His 98-to-21 touchdown-to-interception ratio the past three seasons is proof he doesn't try to force passes in
1: where they don't belong, and he's not afraid to take a hit in the pocket. Smith also gets high marks for accuracy, arm strength, and durability as he started all 39 games in his final three seasons with the Mountaineers. So there you go. Thank you, Finn. Appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah, Geno Smith, only 31. It felt like he aged 31 years in the first round of that 2013 draft as he dropped from potential top five pick to 39 overall. But, yeah, he's got a chance. Drew Locke's got a chance. Uh, You'll forgive me if I don't feel like the Seahawks have much of a chance, though, this season. Text us your thoughts to the Fandle text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. Kyler Murray's not going to play on Sunday should he keep calling plays this preseason that's next it's the wolf and luke show on 987 fm arizona sports station
0: camp takeoff 2022 is a go coverage presented by 72 souls and kona brewing taking off into the 2022 season the cardinals are hoping to soar like never before and pro bowler Kyler Murray Call sign K-1 Leads a potent air and ground attack K-1 can go ballistic with unrivaled downfield accuracy An 80-yard strike! Kyler Murray! Or he can turn on the afterburners and use his speed to score And he's in for the touchdown! Kyler Murray makes him pay with a 12-yard run His primary deep threat is new addition to the squadron Marquise Brown Call sign Along with backfield workhorse James Connor, Call
3: sign, Terminator.
0: Whiteout Rondale, give me some more. And tight end Zach, so good it hurts. K-1 and the cards have the air superiority tactics and firepower to pile up points.
2: To me, this guy gives us a chance to win the Super Bowl, and that's something to be excited about.
0: The home of Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM,
2: Arizona's
0: sports station. Camp takeoff 2022 with Wolf and Luke. Welcome back to the
1: Wolf and Luke Show. We know now that Kyler Murray is not going to play on Sunday. He made that very clear yesterday with the line, "I'm not playing." Yeah. I don't think there's a whole lot of wiggle room there. Uh, but he also talked yesterday about the uh, the play calling. That's kind of been the story for the last week or so. As far as Kyler Murray, there's been a few stories about Kyler Murray this off and at the start of camp. But for the last week or so, he's been out there a little bit, but you haven't seen him in a in a preseason game. Doesn't sound like we're going to see him in any preseason game. So if you're holding out for that, I think the next time you are going to see him throwing passes against an opposing team, that's going to be Sunday, September 11th against the Chiefs.
2: Yeah, I think you're right about that, Luke. Um, I did like some of the things, though, that Kyler Murray was talking about in regard to um, calling place. And doing it in that preseason game, preseason game number one in the fourth quarter, having the opportunity to call some plays, I liked what I heard Kyler say. Yeah, here
1: he goes. He was uh, he evaluated how the whole just experience went. It was good. Yeah, it was good. I, no, that was my first time calling plays uh, besides in practice and stuff like that. Um, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I think. Um, you know, once you call the play, it's out of your control. I think that's a, you know, that's being on the, being on that side of it, you can't control what's going on on the field. So uh, if we execute, you execute. If you don't, you don't, and you just got, you got to live with it. So uh, that was, that was the different.
2: You know, it was different for me. And what he just said right at the end, right there, was so great. You got to execute. You got to execute. Because Sounds it's like a coach does he? out of you. Yes, he does. <laughs> because it's out of your control. You've got to execute. Um, What a great thing for him to totally experience the importance of execution and what it takes to do it and how it happens first in the mind and then the body follows. I feel like that might be why Cliff is doing this. Yeah, no, I think it really is going to have a serious impact on Kyler Murray going forward. And who knows, this is going to help do nothing but grow Kyler Murray. Who knows if Kyler Murray, when he's done playing football might want to be a coach and maybe that didn't really maybe that didn't resonate with him Earlier and now, all of a sudden, maybe it does. Well, he also talked about his performance
1: as the uh, play caller. We had guys open. Um, I think um, you know, first drive again, we didn't execute. I'm not, you know, this isn't me calling anybody out or anything like that. We just, <laughs> we, um, we, yeah, we, we had, we could have gotten third and manageable. Um, didn't make a play here, and then the second, the second drive, we had the delay game, which pushed us back, which is
0: unfortunate. But some thought the guys did well.
1: <laughs> it be great now. The next time something doesn't work in a game and. Cliff can be like, you gotta execute, Kyler. Gotta execute. You know what what it's like from my side now. Get out there and execute. How about when he said that though? We (laughs) had (laughs) guys (laughs)
2: open. And then he he realised, totally realized what he said. Don't forget the truth is there. The truth remains, man. This is why Cliff speaks median. So he doesn't come out I'm
1: there and be like, "Yeah, I mean, I called the right plays, and I got exactly guys to make right, the plays." Matt,
2: you had Kyler Murray, and we had guys open. Um, you know that he quickly was like, hey, I'm not trying to call anybody out, but he gets it." This had to be a still point moment for Kyler. I'm hoping that it was. To, to feel what coaches feel from time to time is a good thing for him. You have to execute your assignment, which is why, Luke, you prepare all week. Otherwise, you're, you're going to have guys that are open that should have gotten the ball. <laughs> and if you're not ready... Um, you're going to miss out. This is a great learning experience going forward for a young quarterback that is still developing. Absolutely,
1: uh, I I love this idea from so many different directions. You know, who knows how it translates during the regular season? But again, if your quarterback's not going to play and he just signed a huge deal and he's a young quarterback, he took number one overall a couple years ago. Why not give him a different perspective? What is going on with the Panthers and Patriots? Have you been seeing any of this? No, I, I have just, not. It's just been like two days of fighting between the two teams, and they just scrolled something across the bottom of the screen that said Christian McCaffrey was involved. Fans suffered a swollen foot but refused treatment.
0: <laughs> like, what is happening with the what, Panthers what and the Patriots? They keep fighting.
1: I don't know. There was a fan there, apparently. Who had a swollen foot? I, apparently a fan got too close. I just read it off the tracker while we were
2: doing this segment. <laughs> a fan. Okay. How many times do you say a fan suffered a, a swollen foot but refused um, treatment? Okay. Like, no. I'm not. I don't want your treatment. So the guy got into a brawl or something like that? (laughs) That is going to happen from time to time if you're a fan. The next headline. It's and you're drinking beer, of course. What are you doing? No, no, but
1: it's it's not the fans that are fighting. It says, this is the Yahoo headline right now. Another massive brawl breaks out
2: between Panthers and Patriots. This has been uh, going for two days. Oh, there we go. Okay. The fan just got too close, apparently. Right. All right. Um, why is that happening? Why, why is that happening, Bill Belichick? Why is that happening, Matt Rule? It almost seems by design, because they haven't stopped it. They're brawling still. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to set the tone for everybody else, of course, in the NFL. Bill Belichick, I'll guarantee you what he said. He got up there and he said, what is all this fighting? Stop it with this fighting nonsense. It's absolute bull. Knock it off. Don't do it. Hmm, that's interesting. Okay, are we running? Are you punishing us because we are fighting? No. Hmm. Maybe he did. He, he's done it before in the past. I do know that. But I think Bill Belichick, once again, like every other NFL coach for the most part, will realize this is going to happen. It's never going to happen in a game. It can never happen in a game. There is no excuse. You don't ever want to hear a football player say, well, I, hey, listen, man, I, it's a game. And, and I, I realized that and I took a shot at him. You're going to get us 15-yard penalty and you get ejected from the game maybe? Um. Yeah, you know what? You're never, ever going to do that as a player. And a coach knows that. It's never going to be accepted. There will be coaches that will cut you in a game if you get into a fight in a game and take a swipe at somebody where they can eject you, they can cut you, and they will. The
1: reason I'm not so sure that Belichick or Matt Rule stepped in to break this up, it's the second straight day that they have been what is being what pa, the Patriots and Panthers have been described as brawling. In fact, the story I'm reading right now says it's the second consecutive day the Panthers and Patriots engaged to what can only be described as a brawl. OK, it got so bad that multiple players on both sides were kicked out of practice. Can today. I tell
2: you right now, the Carolina Panthers are going to run a much more physical offense than what they have in the past. Much more physical, and their quarterback is going to be Baker Mayfield. They're going to put him under center, and they're going to brawl. Okay, do you think the Patriots are brawlers? Oh yeah, they are Baysoonians. Well, this one started because Christian McCaffrey got thrown to the ground. Okay, got thrown to the ground right yeah. there. Okay, but once again, it's an attitude overall. You look at their offense, Mac Jones. Do you think Mac Jones is going to be in this brand, this new age offense where here comes the zone read and the RP? No. No. He's in an offense where you throw the ball three times in a game. They're going to lead the league in 21 personnel, two backs, including a fullback, and they're going to hammer the line of scrimmage and use play action to throw the ball. That's exactly what these two teams are going to do. And that's why they're brawling, because the, the mentality and the physicality is off the charts in both of these camps.
1: All right, we come back. It was a good start for Victor DiMuchegi in preseason game number one. What does he hope to bring to the Cardinals' defense this season? We're going to ask him. He joins us next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station.